0: of course i'm sitting with my best friend tony what's up buddy what's going on homie nothing man i'm super excited about what's happening march 25th and 26th
1: oh do we need a drum roll do we need uh oh, man dude i
0: have the worst drum roll ever by the way <laughs> just make it loud and hopefully sounds you know more what?
1: like ba-dum-boom.
0: <laughs> <Ba-dum-boom-boom>. <laughs> it's like a joke right hey yeah so um listen uh We've been talking about it for the, last pa- for the past few podcasts, and here we are. We're going to talk about it again. Um, uh, please save the dates for March 25th and 26th. We are once again doing Presley Poe and Friends in Frederick, Maryland. But today, we're ready to announce our lineup, so what? I hope you're as excited as I am.
1: Oh, my God. Dude, yeah. I mean, we've teased it, like you said, and every time we tease
0: it, I would get excited like I haven't heard it before, and I already know exactly exactly. I remember our our guest last week austin um he was dying to know um who our who our guests were and and, and yes oh my so well, I've been teasing it as like uh Presley Poe and Friends. And each year with Presley Poe and Friends, it's Presley, obviously. So Presley will be there. But then we get to um do her friends, or you know, as the kids say, our featured artists. So who are our featured artists? Um, we've got some uh, we got some pretty exciting ones. Here is sure. our dear friend Miss Rebecca Taylor, Miss Rebecca Taylor Hare is gonna be there. Um she's a, uh, she, well we, I think we need to stop here and just talk about this. So we're doing on Saturday night. We're doing like a, a like a, a get-together, you know, to be – we'll have a couple of drinks and stuff. All the artists are going to perform that night. They're going to show you what they have. Um, each artist is going to have about 45 minutes, um, team paired up. You know, they'll have 45-minute slots. And then the next day on Sunday, we're doing all a la carte classes. So you just take the classes that you want. You go on the website. You just uh, – you, you pick what classes you want, and and, and, and that's that. So uh, Rebecca will definitely be doing some, um, some vivid hair colors. When we were talking to her on the phone the other week, she's like – Like, I am just so ready because uh, she's got some stuff to share. So Rebecca Taylor is going to be there. And Uh, and no other. The one and only Mr. A-Rod. So Mr. A-Rod PR 23 again. Uh, if you're not following him, follow him. However, I know you are because I think the dude has like 2 million followers. So I know everybody is following this guy. But he's an outstanding uh, barber, outstanding social media um, presence. He, uh, I'm pretty sure, don't quote me on this, but I'm pretty sure that he's going to do a social media class.
1: Yeah, he has uh, any, I, I believe he's going to do uh, uh, a couple of hair cutting classes as well. Mm-hmm uh so you're you're going to get your barber skills on and your social media skills on and he's fantastic at both i mean someone who who takes both skills and combine them and and you got 2 million followers and that's
0: yeah for oh and like what he brings as far as energy is crazy he the 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 room will be uh set up and what's so cool is that
1: saturday saturday night show or get together right. um you know, it's not like a lot of these shows that you go to. You see the artists on stage and they disappear. Mm-hmm. Here, you're going to be able. It, it's a whole networking uh, aspect behind it. So, you know, we keep it intimate. We only we only have 150 tickets available for Saturday night. So it's real intimate. And then after the gathering after you watch them perform on stage they're going to come down and have drinks with everybody and they're not leaving so you know what i mean you'll be able to to network with them network with other like-minded people mm-hmm. and uh it's just a an amazing social gathering uh and if if you it's just, want you it's know just a I mean? hang right uh, it's
0: just a hang it's cool but you get to hang with the people that uh they you know usually disappear behind stage so that's really cool We 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 often kid that like you know when we go to hair shows and stuff we get invited to like cool parties so we were like how can we bring the cool party to everybody and this is our kind of way of bringing the cool party to everyone
1: yeah yeah and and, and when you when you go to the website and for saturday 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 night's event there's a uh, there's going to be a special uh
0: what are we, what are we calling it uh oh like a vip yeah yeah so you're gonna have your uh the the ability to kind of have um uh, a little bit even more intimate time time with our artists so we're going to set up a couple um a couple uh, uh tables. And and last year when we were in Zion, we did like a mastermind table and, and we thought it was such a great idea. So we're going to, uh, we're going to do some mastermind tables, but you, not not that we're going to do it, but we're going to do it um with the artists. So, uh, you know, you have your, you'll have like real intimate time with, with uh, Presley, with A-Rod, with Curl Factor, with Rebecca Taylor, and also with the Godfather. Oh,
1: dude. Yeah.
0: The living legend. the go- I always call him the Godfather of the industry only because, Legitimately, I don't know a person who's more respected in our industry than this person. Actually, our guest today is going to be Cassandra Platt. Hey, Cassandra, who would you consider the godfather of our industry?
2: Oh no, that's a that's a high pressure question. I don't know. No,
0: it's totally a high pressure question. <laughs> nothing. You ain't got nothing for me. Um. All right, I'm going to take over. I don't know. So, yeah. The so only. Speaking of Zion, he was in Zion with us last year. So. Oh, is it um, Sam? Sam Villa. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: yeah. <laughs> okay. So, I was like uh,
0: tiptoeing around it. Yeah.
2: <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, well, yeah. she's going to throw
0: thought the wrong name. I know. <laughs> then the real Godfather is going to get. Yeah. So yeah. So Sam Villa, Uh, he's uh he's uh, heading up our not heading. I don't even know how to put it put it. But Sam's going to be there. Sam's going to be teaching a bunch of haircutting classes. Sam is like super excited. Uh, listen, if you haven't had an opportunity to hang out with, with Sam, like his energy is infectious, not only infectious, but like you feel like a better person being in his presence because he's about as humble and as nice and as sweet and as real as they come. And that, he, when you
1: have conversation, you'll notice when you're at the show and you have conversation with him, he blocks everybody else. It's all about you. He truly cares about you. About mm. the artist, about the person. I mean, he is such a sweet human being.
0: Yeah, there's no doubt. We're 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 super excited to have him. This is our third attempt at him, but you know, COVID, uh, COVID took him away one time, and Naha took him away the other time. But we got him this year. <laughs> we're handcuffing him in, putting him in shackles. saying yeah. you're with us, bro. You're not going anywhere. But, uh, so yeah, so um, you can go to PressyPoemFriends dot com and uh, you can get your tickets there. Um, well soon you can get your tickets there right. they'll be available but uh but, but just pay but,
1: attention uh and social uh, medias and all yeah so if you want to be one of the 50 that has the vip experience with all five artists then uh make sure you get your tickets early uh um just just pay attention when they go on sale we'll let everybody know and the, the first 50 gets it and we'll apologize to anybody who tried to get it and couldn't <laughs> get it we're sorry but uh you know there's show up you'll be able to have that kind of intimate conversations
0: with them after
1: the event on Saturday night
0: so we already teased it so our guest today is Miss Cassandra Platinum um, we've been trying to do this for quite a few years I don't even know what the yeah. holdout was it just hasn't <laughs> happened um, we've, we, we, we've met at numerous hair shows but, um, but last year at Zion National Park um, when we did Hair Love uh, it was, it was, we actually, it was the, the first time we actually got to spend a little bit of time with Cassandra and then certainly uh, at Hair Love um, in, in, in Dripping Springs, Texas right outside of Austin um, and this year we got to spend like last year we spent time together this year was like the bond you know mm-hmm. we got to really hang out with cassandra and play some
1: games and
0: yeah exactly I got um, to watch
1: her throw a baseball
0: that, dunk <laughs> did she dunk you
1: she dunked you
0: oh she dunked yeah. you. <laughs> we don't we don't know yeah. so uh, today is a uh, uh, cassandra mclaughlin also known as cassandra platinum um cassandra do welcome to the podcast
2: Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. Yeah, yeah, you're right. We've been trying this for quite a few years. We kind of had hit and misses, but you know, I believe in good timing, so I think this is this is the one.
1: <laughs> I think we were chatting pre, uh, mm-hmm. pre uh, the pre talk is how just how busy everybody was mm-hmm. uh, last year and and started this year. So it's just like everybody's just moving, trying to catch up from the last two years being yeah. off.
2: Yeah, yeah. I think there was like that period of hair shows where like everyone was just like had this psychotic schedule, you know, it's like 30 places at once, two minutes in between. I remember there was a premiere and I literally walked off main stage with, um, with Jenny Strebe, we did a a segment together, walked behind the stage and walked on with Redkin. like immediately. (laughs) It was like, this is crazy.
0: Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's that's very cool though too. It was fun. It was so fun. Yeah. That's so crazy. Yeah. Last year was like, we had all those 30 hair shows but we had them in like two months. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
1: So, so where are you from? Where did you grow up?
0: I
2: actually was born and grew up for like the beginning of my life in southern Missouri. So a small town um, It was where I live now, actually. Um, but we moved to Tampa when I was nine. And so like Tampa, I feel like was kind of like my formative years it was like fourth grade through high school, college, beauty school, and like the first year of my beauty career, like in a salon. So it was like all the kind of important things that happened in Tampa. Childhood happened in Missouri. But um, in 2019, I actually moved back to Missouri with a brief stint in between there. So mm-hmm. I've been back and forth between Florida and Missouri a couple times. Yeah.
1: It, did you, is your family still in Tampa or did they all go to Missouri as well? No,
2: we're all here. So literally, like in a town of like 12,000 people, I have two sisters, a brother, parents, nieces, nephews. I actually have a, a great nephew now, which is crazy. Yeah. Uh, a little baby. A little um, yeah. My oldest nephew had a baby. So, um, Yeah, so, like, we're all kind of, like, concentrated in a very small town. A
1: third of the people is your family. Yeah, yeah, (laughs)
2: yeah. It's like we have dinner, and I'm like, we need to get, like, you know, the, like, move all the furniture out to get everyone. Yeah, exactly, yeah.
1: Because usually people will move to Florida uh, to to retire or to spend out their years. You guys did it kind of reverse, right? You went early to Florida and then moved back to the middle of the country.
2: Exactly, yeah. And, I mean, like, over the last couple years, though, it's been really, like, kind of like a blessing in a way to be in a small town like we've been very like insulated from a lot of things going on and stuff like that and it's been really good for my parents so um to be around all their children so this is the first time because my siblings and i are very far in age this is the first time we've all lived in the same town since i was like six years old so oh, wow. yeah mm-hmm. wow, that's crazy. That's it's awesome. been cool it's yeah. been really cool. Very yeah.
0: cool hey where did you uh, where'd you go to uh hair school in tampa
2: i went to the paul mitchell school in tampa i was actually student number four so i was the fourth student enrolled in that um in the school. And uh yeah, it was interesting. I, it was like very serendipitous how I got there. Like I had a hairdresser, like I was debating, I was in college, I'm like, I don't know, if I'm gonna go to beauty school. And the hairdresser gave me an invitation. And so I went to the grand opening and was too scared to go in by myself. <laughs> and so I didn't go in. And then um I ended up enrolling after that and I was the fourth student enrolled in the school. Yeah.
1: That's
0: pretty cool, man.
2: Founding member.
1: <laughs> yeah. Founding that's it, right? Yeah. So you could have been first i know <laughs> i was four
2: right <laughs> thanks tony was <laughs> like not quite good enough. <laughs> yeah. oh well it's like goodness. when i was clocking out it was like zero 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 four <laughs> that was my number yeah,
0: yeah. I think they would have um, added the zeros later right <laughs> yeah.
2: no, i think they had started with like the, the five block of a number for like clocking in, so it was lots of zeros
0: sure. yeah Oh my gosh, that's funny. <laughs> four. Yeah, so where we're four. at the event is
1: going to be at a Paul Mitchell. It's Paul Mitchell the temple.
0: Mm-hmm. It's like
1: the coolest four story building. Uh, Corey has a little
0: little story about the yeah. goddess room. Amazing. Yeah, but it's a thirty thousand square foot hair school, if you can imagine. Wow. For a yeah, it's ginormous. Um, it's a, it's in an old Masonic temple, so um, it was a Masonic temple for like I don't know, like one hundred and twenty years, one hundred and ten years, something like That's that. That's Cool. Yeah. And then when they went to sell, um, when the 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 Masons went to sell the building, um. Uh, Sharon and Charles Riser bought it to open the school, and what's very cool is Sharon was the first woman in the temple in like 120 years, 110 years, whatever it was. So, what she did, which is so super Sharon dope, is that she uh, renamed it the Goddess Room, and she's like, so for the next hundred years, it's going to be nothing but goddesses. <laughs> she's definitely taking back the energy of the room, and I mean, taking it back. She's she's redefined what the energy of the room is. It's and, the polarity, right? The equal exactly. and opposite. Yep, yep. Exactly, and she's uh, and and dude. It's one of the best hair schools in the country. Like that's the, cool. I
2: didn't even know that that existed. That's amazing.
0: Well, you should come. Uh, Mar- I will. Twenty Six. Shameless plug
2: <laughs> to the <laughs> show. Fun.
0: But yeah, but if you're ever in the DC
1: area, uh, hit us up, and uh, you know we'll hang out, and then we'll swing you by.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. Definitely. Yeah. Absolutely. DC, Baltimore, whatever, 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 whatever. So, did you, um, when you first uh, like started your career, did, were you in like the uh, Paul Mitchell Ethos?
2: Um, not initially. So I actually had like a really rough first experience in the salon in Tampa. Um, so I, I worked, it was like right by my house and like, I really didn't know better, but, um, I, uh, I was in that salon for about a year, year and a half and like kind of got bounced around, really didn't have a lot of support. Like it was just like kind of, you know, that experience. Um, but I actually decided to, that's when I moved back to Missouri for that like five year stint. And, um, so I just wanted something new and different and I was young, I was 22. I was like, Ooh, let's go move, you know, where my family is and like, just get a new experience. And so I moved to a town called Springfield, which is a larger town than what I'm in now. And I actually ended up having to go back to school for three months, which was insane. Like, I don't know (laughs) why I agreed to do that. Well, I did because I needed my license, but if I would have stayed in Florida a little bit longer, I wouldn't have had to do that, but, um, it was actually a really good learning experience. And through a connection I made in the school, I ended up working for a Paul Mitchell salon in Springfield. And so it kind of got me back into like that, that connection and the kind of into the network. And um, I became a national educator through um, actually the people who owned the salon. Like I started working that way and they certified me because they were the trainers. And fun fact, they actually went to high school with my brother and sister. They were like in this from the same town. So it was like this crazy, like serendip. I had so many moments of like serendipity in my career where there's like, these really intense, like deep historical connections to my life. And so um, they ended up I got certified as national educator started traveling all the time. And then um, I moved back to Florida, like five years later, after I got divorced, and um, I really got deep into palmenstrual culture at that point. So yeah, started traveling internationally and doing stage work and stuff like that. So
0: that's so cool. So did you always kind of know that you wanted to be on a stage? Because we've only ever kind of really seen you on a stage. You know, I think I
2: knew without knowing exactly what it was cuz I always had this feeling like I wanted to do something big and I wanted to like connect with a lot of people and I always felt like even in school like education was part of what I did. Like I always took like a leadership role kind of I don't want to say unintentionally cuz I don't think it was unintentional but like almost like on a subconscious level like if someone needed help like I could explain it to them and guide them and I learned through we had to do like all these tests in school, like the, you know, Myers-Briggs and stuff like that, or like the verbal linguistic. And everything that I ever scored on was always like completely the opposite of like 99% of hairdressers. Like I always got math, logic, verbal, linguistic, like strategic, like, like all the things and like all the hairdressers, like body kinesthetic and musical and all these like really beautiful expressions. And I'm like, I'm going to read the book. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, like I need step-by-steps. And so it was a little bit of a challenge in hair school because all my instructors, like very few of them actually like spoke that kind of language. And I'm like, no, no, no. Like I need to know like the details about this. But I think that there was something to that, like being able to harness that, like that gave me the ability to explain things differently. So I always kind of took that role. I'm like, no, I get it. Let me explain it to you even in school. So, yeah.
0: Did you find like when you did like these uh, personality tests and stuff, because you weren't, because you weren't um, uh, scoring the same as like the masses, Did were you, did it intimidate you? Did Did you ever think like maybe this industry isn't for me did, or, or was that just part of the challenge? Did you kind of get what I'm saying?
2: Yeah. Yeah. I don't know that it intimidated me. Like I always felt very like confident in like my learning ability and understanding. And I, I found a way to harness it. I think that's why I leaned into corrective color so much because it's like so strategic and detailed and like, all these pieces together. And I found a way to make it work for me where it did show up. And it wasn't necessarily around the personality test, but like it was awareness that like, I operated differently was on stage a lot because I felt like there's so many dynamic speakers and like they're high energy and they're They're like, they've got this kind of element of show. And I felt like I was coming in almost like a teacher and a little bit more like grounded and calm. And I couldn't like get my voice to like do the, like it just doesn't do it, you know? And, you know, people are like, I love listening to you. You're so calm. I'm like, is that a good thing? Like, you know, <laughs> and so I had this like, really like, I don't know, like not a long period, but like a strong period of like really questioning, like, it, like, am I good enough? Like to hold presence next to like these really, really dynamic people or like bubbly people and stuff. And so that's probably where it showed up the most. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I couldn't really imagine you and Robert Cromion's on a stage together. We
2: <laughs> We did a lot, actually. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Cause you guys are definitely like opposite energies, right?
2: Yeah. You know, we, we actually had like a really good dynamic because it's like, he, I mean, he has the ability to kind of center and calm, but like he would always do this thing. And I learned it was like kind of his thing. It was funny. Like when he, when he wanted to like include someone, he would just walk up, ask you a question, stick a mic in your face, whether you were ready or not. Like I was like applying a color. We were in Spain once and I was applying a color for uh, Lucy Dowdy. I was assisting her on stage and he literally walked up and he's like, give us your top four tips for social media, <laughs> like pop the mic in my face. And I was like, <laughs> you know? but like I, I was ready because he did it to me before on a stage and it wasn't ready. And I'm like, that'll never happen again. <laughs> but it, it's it's kind of cool. It's kind of fun. You know, like it's, it's a good dynamic. Like he's like the consummate like stage performer and MC and all the things. So, yeah.
1: And you said that, that, you know, you you were kind of comparing yourself to others with the people with the high energy and stuff like that. Did you, were you nervous to get in front of a, a large crowd or, or was it more your comparison to the person you were with up there?
2: Yeah, I think uh, probably a little bit of both, but, and like the comparison was always like super internal, like, you know, what should I do? And I was like, always thinking like, oh, you know, that's what that, sh- that's what that should look like. Like a stage performer should be, you know, dynamic and doing like these things. And I really had to like recenter, but like, yes, I was nervous I, by nature, incredibly shy person. Like I grew up like literally like hiding from people and like hiding from company. Like if new people came over, like I would literally sit in my parents' room for three hours and like not come out (laughs) because I was so scared. But I think what happened, there's a couple of things that clicked in, like the drive to share what ended up being bigger than my nerves. Like I'm like this, like I've got something to share. And it was like, this is important. And so I had to make that excitement bigger than like the fear And then once I, this was like a new period of time where I was like on a lot of stages, like in a very short period of time. And so it's like, all of a sudden I'm seeing this new world that I hadn't seen before. And that's really where the comparison lived was seeing like how many people were not like me. And then I'm standing here by myself, but like getting feedback, getting like real feedback, not just all like positive, like getting like, you know, good, bad, like this works, this doesn't. I started to kind of like create my own space in that where I'm like, I don't have to be like anyone else. Like no one does. And like, that's really important to like, really like figure out your strengths. And that's why I like things like the personality tests. Like you have to be careful. Like they don't like define you or you don't like create an identity based on them, but like starting to look in, like, I was like, okay, I am strategic. I am logical. I can't explain things this way. I'm going to go harder on that, not pull away from it. Like, I'm not going to try and be something else. And when I got comfortable leaning into it, it was like, became like my thing, and I like the comfort level, like escalate. I'm like, I don't have to, I don't have to do anything else other than be who I am.
0: Did you try to, like, when you first got on stage, did you try to mimic the people <clears> that, <throat> that that you were seeing before? Like, did you try to mimic the energy or, or the, no,
2: I couldn't like, literally like my voice won't do that. <laughs> like, I can't like, it's like, it, I, I thought about it. And I, I found I like with anything that you watch, it's like, you find like maybe like mannerisms and stuff. And like, what I did learn how to do was project my own voice a lot farther or like carry myself up a little higher, like things like that. Like I picked things out, but like literally like the work it took me to actually start projecting my voice with any kind of authority was so hard. Cause my voice, like I was a kid too. Like my mom used to always call me munchkin. Cause like my voice was so tiny and small and soft. And so I tried to like pick up on things like that, but like not mimic in a way, if that makes sense.
1: Yeah. And your friends, if you would have done it, your friends were like, What's wrong with her? What did she I would've looked crazy.
2: I would have looked crazy. <laughs> I'm like I'm up there like dancing
0: and whatever. Like, no, there's nothing. Yeah, yeah, but 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 I mean, uh Redkin kind of like, you know, all their uh, <laughs> uh uh whatever make you dance around and stuff. They do. Yeah,
2: that you know, it's funny, it's like as I get older, like obviously like I feel like everyone kind of quits caring quite as much what other people think is like, you know, in your sure. twenties or teenagers, whatever. And like the first, when I first got to writing, I'm like, I don't know if I could do this, like, like clapping and stuff, but you know, it it does have like a root and it does have effectiveness. Like there are times like we go on stage and we'd be out in the crowd and like, I mean, I didn't have to do the whole thing, but like, we'd be clapping and you feel the energy and we get on stage and it's like, you're connected to the audience immediately. So sometimes it's like, yes, like be yourself, but also like be willing to experience like new things, especially if you're part of a culture of a company, like you gotta get
1: into it, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For that sure. was cool about the uh, Zion when we were doing breath work, right? Mm-hmm. There was um, what not, 50, 60 of us up there on that roof, uh, and a hundred, yeah. I think it was like a hundred, yeah. Yeah, and but you totally just you didn't care. You blocked everybody out, and you really just focus on your experience. Yeah, you know what I mean. And and stuff like that, to your point, will help you get through and, and just be you and not worry yeah. about what other people really think or or. You know, I don't care
0: if we can once again go down the breath work like uh, um, rabbit hole. Uh, it was very interesting to me, like to your point, point, 100 percent is like in community. I was able to let go more than being by myself. Yeah. Right. Because when I'm by myself, it's only my ego. Right. But there's something about that. What was your breath work experience like in, in, in Dripping Springs at, at Harlow?
2: You know, I actually I I didn't get to make the breath work sessions those mornings. I know. But I do a lot of breath work in my own practice like work. the coaching program program that i'm in um i actually am getting certified in breathwork and so i get to do a lot of breathwork and like before um before the the retreat um elizabeth danny j um rebecca taylor and i actually went to a breathwork session that's um was hosted by one of the coaches that runs my program and it was like a breathwork for the feminine and it was um like 200 women in a room like collectively like releasing and creating like all this space and it i will just say breathwork in general is such a powerful moment for a collective like there's like permission there's space there's energy there's connection so i know like how elizabeth facilitates breathwork and i i saw some of the videos and the pictures and like beautiful like phenomenal like she holds such an amazing safe space safe space wow yeah um and (laughs) yeah safe space um, so yeah, I can, I can imagine, but like I, uh, the days that I had to teach and stuff like that, sometimes I just kind of isolate and center a little bit.
0: And so, I, yeah. Yeah, I'll, yeah, I'll tell you though, man, like we were, you were, I don't think we were, but you were kind of, you know, sort of like making fun of your voice a little bit, but your voice as a facilitator for breath work, I'm in.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah. Like I'm definitely, and it's in, to your point, it's so calming. It's so like chill, right? Like, i'm actually
2: certified in hypnosis too so i can hypnotize you oh,
0: really oh, hold yeah. on hold yeah yeah, yeah. On. I, okay I, we need to talk i've been fascinated by hypnosis you know and and can you kind of explain like like how it really works not like yeah. the, the hubba bubba of it but like how it really works yeah
2: like the hubba bubba is like very like rare and like far away like the things that you see on tv like the cluck like a chicken it's possible but like that's like very much not a part of like therapeutic hypnosis um, so I actually w- saw a hypnotherapist for about five years when I was in Florida, life changing, like being able to like tap into subconscious mind and like be in your body and all the things like, it's amazing. So the way that it works is you basically, you have to have a willing participant. Like someone cannot be hypnot- hypnotized unless they want to be, which is first and foremost, like kind of a myth to dispel. Like someone can walk up and be like, sleep. And like, you're like, cool. yeah, exactly. Oh, I just got it. No, just <laughs> it. i just it. I did it. <clears throat> So you have to have a willing participant, like someone has to be willing to be hypnotized because it actually does take a huge level of like surrender. And it has to be in like the container of like a really trusted, safe relationship. But you're basically utilizing the um, trance like state that the brain naturally goes in like right before you fall asleep. Or if you're watching TV, your brain will go into a specific type of wave where you'll start to like be more suggestible and things or like, if you're scrolling Instagram, like we go into trances all the time in our life, we just don't always recognize what they are. So you're utilizing that state to start accessing deeper parts of the subconscious mind. So you would do go through like a process where um you actually like open the mind through what we call like an induction. And that can be many different things, depending on how someone's brain works. Like if someone's super logical, you would maybe do it like through confusing language. So it's like, kind of like you know, gets their brain into like a different mode. And then you would actually start walking down in their subconscious mind. Like you would use, you know, sometimes you can use things like um, the idea of like going down an elevator or going down a flight of stairs and your brain naturally starts dropping into deeper states. And then like whatever is agreed upon, you could use uh, different scenarios or things like that. So like hypnosis really does work. Um, I found like for myself, I was able to tap in a lot of answers that I couldn't access consciously. Um, I could access them in my unconscious state and remember them. like, it's like, there's not, there's not this idea of like, you forget everything. I mean, you can, with certain suggestions cause like a version of amnesia, but, um, yeah, it's amazing. Like you can use it for so many different things. It's amazing.
0: Yeah. Definitely uh, back to breath work. That's kind of how I felt coming out of breath work. I kind of felt like I was in like a different, and and just, I guess the facilitation between Derek and Elizabeth too, like it it was I was willing to go a little deeper, willing to 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 to, to take their suggestions a little bit. Yeah, you know, it was beautiful, not you know anything but you know. Yeah, yeah. I, I I try to be hypnotized twice. The first
1: time, when we went to the who was that? The comedian. Oh, Flip Orley went to go see Flip. I, Orly. I was almost there. I was like, I was literally, and he goes, uh, open, "Try to open your eyes," and and I had, literally had a fight to open my eyes. And once I opened my eyes, he's like, "But don't fight it." like oh yeah growing right and then um i try to get hypnotized about smoking and the woman she didn't have her voice was nearly as nice as your voice Mm -hmm. i could have probably just laid there listening (laughs) doses but the uh the woman she had such a kind of like a a high-pitched kind of weird voice and all (laughs) every the whole time she's trying to put me under i'm thinking oh your voice is driving me no, it's, driving me crazy and mm-hmm. that's the whole time and but yeah so, well,
0: the, that- hold, on. Cassandra, hold on here's the best part about him you ready uh-huh like he's like that hypnosis didn't work but ask him if he smoked since that time did you quit smoking i did but not because of that <laughs> <laughs> i don't know it's because of my daughter i don't my, know my daughter she
1: uh she, uh, she would pickpocket me, and and she was five or six at the time, and she would grab my cigarettes and throw them in the toilet or crush them mm-hmm. and stuff like that. and then,
0: then it got expensive.
1: Yeah, and then one day she uh I caught on to it right so I, you know, because she would come up and run with her arms open, my heart would melt, like give her a big hug. Mm-hmm. But really what she's doing is pickpocketing me. <laughs> uh, Smart <laughs> girl. Yeah. yeah. So, so the one time I, I was like, ah, turn to the side. You're not going to get up this time. And then she asks, Dad, can smoking kill you? Mm. And uh, I'm like, it does some people. And her little blue eyes got real watery and little tears dropped. And she goes, dad, I don't want you to die.
2: Oh, my goodness.
1: So that's the real reason why I quit. Better
2: than any hypnosis. (laughs) Absolutely. I I, I I would argue that that was hypnosis.
1: Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, just,
2: yeah. Teary blue eyes. She in. she planted a suggestion that you couldn't refuse.
0: One hundred percent offer. You can't refuse. That's absolutely true. She's
2: like a master coach at like six years right. old. <laughs> 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 <She> got him. <laughs>
0: yeah. yeah. She still cool.
1: got me like that. I know. I'm getting up at five o'clock in the morning. Her and I going to boxing classes.
0: I love that. That's amazing. <laughs> that's, that's so cool. So, because I'm just so. I mean, we teased before, but you're with Redkin now, yeah.
2: Yeah, I've been a brand ambassador with Redken since 2017. Yeah. What's so, a brand ambassador?
0: So we do primarily like we're, we're,
2: I've lived a little bit in the education network, just like as kind of like guest artists in a way, but um, we really like represent like social and digital or like do independent events, things like that. So we live a little bit more like outside the education world, we're kind of a bit more in, and technically in marketing, but like, it's a really like organic, like wonderful, like connection relationship where like we get to show up as ourselves. On behalf of Redkin, um, so it's it's fun. It's been really amazing. Like actually, Elizabeth and I um, helped initiate the ambassador program with Redkin end of 2017, um, and with a couple of the um, the people that work there, like we helped ideate it and create it, and then it launched in 2018 officially. And they um, it was like hugely successful, and then it kind of has taken off from there. And I've been with them ever since. So yeah,
0: yeah, that's amazing. That's so mm-hmm. cool. Have you um have you taught any classes at the exchange?
2: Yes, actually quite a few. Um I've done like corrective color classes, things like that. Um it's really always fun to like co facilitate with Redkin artists because like they're so good, like they're so trained and like you know they're just top level, so yeah, I've got to do a few um, classes at the exchange, a few photo shoots at the exchange, a lot of fun things. It's always good, like to be like up high in New York City and like be able to look down over Fifth Avenue. I'm like this smells so cool. <laughs> yeah.
0: It so, is very cool. Yeah. If, if you're listening in, you haven't done the um, uh, Redken Exchange um, thing. It's, it's very cool. Yeah. Um, I did it like in the old building. I think they changed yeah. the it like a few years ago. So I they been- did. I've yeah.
2: never been to the old building, but just the new one. But it's it's beautiful. It's amazing. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Y'all can share
1: stories. <laughs> <laughs> that's
0: where I first met. I met. I haven't been to either. So either to exchange. Yeah, that's where I first met Chris and Sam. Chris Barron mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and Sam B. I I did a. Uh, oh my gosh, what's the name of that class? It's like a. Pub, it's their public speaking class. Mm-hmm. Um, whatever yeah. you know what that was. So uh, that's when I first met Sam and and, and Chris and and Chris is. Uh, Chris came on the podcast and kind of did us some big favors. You know.
2: That's amazing. Yeah. It, yeah. It, it was Love really.
0: It was. Yeah. Yeah. He's such a good dude. Yeah. Have you spent a lot of time with him?
2: Um, yeah, we've actually been at a lot of events together. Um, we've, I've done, um, Redken has this thing called Rack. It's like their artist connection. And so like they've got, they they did one one year where they had all the exchange facilitators, including the ambassadors together. So we've had like long, like kind of intimate blocks of time together. Um, we've done a lot of events. Like we were at the Behind the Chair show last year where he actually like styled my model for me. Like there's things like that. So it's, yeah, we've had lots of lots of connection, yeah.
0: He's just so like, his eye is just yeah, yeah. you know, and he's such a nice guy. I mean, yeah. call him Papa Bear for a reason. You yeah, know?
2: yeah, exactly. He's he yeah. he is, he is a big Papa Bear. Yeah, that's
0: right. Every yeah. time we see him at the shows, he I mean,
1: he's just so sweet and kind and you know, he, and he gives a, a great big bear hug. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah,
2: yeah.
0: yeah. 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 I love Chris.
1: So you're a salon owner as
2: well. Dude, how do you do it all? <laughs> that's the question I get a lot. So I don't have like a salon salon. Like I have a like kind of a combination space, like a multi-purpose space. So I'm in my office now, but then I have like a studio space with just one chair just for me. And then the entire front half of my space is actually a retail space. It's a storefront. So um, yeah, like, so I don't, I don't do a lot of work behind the chair now. And so I basically do like content models, a couple clients here and there. Um, So I really just, I try and manage my time and like get like the big things scheduled first. And then like, also like work in like blocks. Like if I need to create content, like I create a lot of content in a short amount of time or, and I also systemize my businesses where they don't have, like, I don't have to be in the middle of them to run them all the time. So I have my retail space and e-commerce store. Um, My brother and I are actually opening like an event venue and catering space. And then it will have like an attached like restaurant to it. So it's like, but the, the, the way that we're setting up is like a lot of my work is on the front end. And then I'm not super involved in like the day-to-day running with it. So it's like, I'll like manage the build out and I'll help with like getting the business system structured and like the digital space. And then after that, I'm like, go run it. (laughs) (laughs) Like
1: gotta go. (laughs) You said an e-commerce space. What is it? Tell us a little bit about that.
2: Yeah. So my, my entire storefront, like I have like a corresponding like e-commerce store with it online. So, um, literally I think I have like seven, 700 SKUs, but it's all like, like high-end like self-care items, like hair, skin, bath, body, home, things like that. Like anything, basically like you would need to like take home and like create like a really beautiful, like skincare ritual or like, you know, bath time, like things like that. And so I have, um, I have an e-commerce store as well. So with that is corresponding
0: to my store. Mm-hmm. that's cool so are you like when 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 they e-comment are you are you packing it and shipping it and stuff is that part of your uh details mm-hmm. as well
2: yeah like we have all inventory in-house right now and then um so we don't have like a fulfillment center or anything so it's all done here <laughs> yeah it's
0: wow. kind of cool man once again i mean it's like the more we talk to people like just just how you've set that up is it's totally different than you know anyone that else that i've kind of talked about i mean we mm-hmm. see a lot of like i mean we, like we had salon interactive on the podcast a few um a few weeks ago or a Month ago or so, um but you know kind of how they're playing middleman in it, and you're still mm-hmm. getting it from your distributor in and, 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 and you know it's going direct to to consumer and then you know kind of what 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 ulta's doing certainly i mean yours is kind of similar to ulta may, um maybe not at the same scale but but it's kind of that, and then years ago, like in the early nineties tony worked Tony and I worked at a salon that did the same thing, like yeah. it was a full working salon, you know it was thirty hairdressers, but the front end looked like target, yeah, <laughs> there were so many products up. There. I mean,
2: that was kind of the idea it was ultimately it was a passion project I'm like I just want to be connected I want my space to be connected into the beauty world like but I wanted to think beyond like traditional like hair care and shampoo conditioner because I'm like people ask me for all kinds of recommendations like why am I not monetizing that same thing as like kind of being an influencer it's like you monetize like your taste and your recommendations and like your space is like a pro and so the idea behind the space and it was it was something I was kind of playing with versus like this is going to be my business. Cause I do 20 million things. Um, I was like, I want to see what it's like to actually create a retail space. That's like divorced from a hair service, but like still with like the pro in the center of it. And so like someone doesn't have to come in and get their hair done to want to buy retail. And it's actually been amazing. Cause it's like, people are still coming to me because they trust my recommendation because I'm a, a pro and like, I've already picked everything and like it's curated and so it really is, it was an interesting kind of process to figure out, like, what does it look like if we're not selling only to the clients behind our chair? So
1: I, 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 I love it. I I love the, all the different approaches, right? Cause we're all different, right? So we, we have there's systems that work for you that might not, I care for, I'll, I'll do it differently. And it's funny, sometimes we'll catch slack about, you know, some people might reach out and all oh, that, you know, that's wrong. You're going to hurt us or what whatever. You know, not every system is the same, right? So what works for you? that's what's so beautiful about our industry is that there's a million different approaches to sell retail, and yeah. you know what I mean? and it, there's enough for everybody and it works for everybody, so it doesn't necessarily have to be a particular way and uh, I, I think what you're doing is is, is fantastic because you're, you. you're being able to become a literally a e-commerce or a store by yourself, you yeah. know a particular brand.
2: I think what I what I gathered from this experience because we just literally just had like one year anniversary like this last like two days ago so like of opening the doors and I think like what I've learned more than anything is like how important it is like whatever hairdressers decide to do in the retail space whether it's you know connecting with something like salon interactive or utilizing like their distributors like the they, like a lot of distributors now are, are doing something similar where they like offer a web page and they basically have the whole catalog available or affiliate links or getting a more robust like actual brick and mortar retail space whatever that version is it's like hairdressers need to reclaim their space back in the retail area like I feel like we've allowed and kind of like given the recommendations and give the opinions and like done all the work and like everyone else is like kind of monetized off of it and I don't think hairdressers have like really fully like empowered themselves to step in that role and like claim all that money back and claim all that like the the monetization of like their powerful recommendation their powerful influence it's like step back into that space like take it all up like use the affiliate links use the distribution use your own space like use it all and make that money (laughs)
0: yeah Yeah, being in a being in a studio suite like like tony and i are you know it's just it's kind of hard to Mm -hmm. to hold a lot of products so you know like i'm i'm going to triple down on on salon interactive but yeah to your uh, to your point, um, I have we also have some other distributors that we work with that that have stores as well. So at some point, or where it's starting to get for me, it's just starting to get confusing, you know. So meaning like, okay, like like I love the Color Wow brand, and I'm like I'm like okay, well if you want Color Wow, you have to use this link, but if you want the Redken, you have to use this link, and if you want this, you know whatever that other, if you want Paul Mitchell, you have to use this other link, you know. So so I wish that. Maybe I should just set up my own QR code or my own like like mm-hmm. page, then 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 do it, you know, not with links necessarily, but maybe with like some photographs. Or-
2: I have something like that on my webpage. So I had a couple brands I wanted to carry, but they only offered like affiliate programs. They didn't offer like actual wholesale. And so where I have my brands listed, I actually have a spot for like affiliate links. So if someone wanted to shop that brand, it's like a separate page where they can like actually go and shop like my links that way. And so I think having like your own like website and then actually organizing it and you could create like a version of a storefront or like a button that says like shop redkin here, shop palm Mitchell here, shop Color Wow here. And so it is organized and all in one place. So your clients literally just like go to the landing page and shop from there.
0: That's so awesome. What What's your website uh, there, Cassandra? Because I'm going to go take a peek at that.
2: Yes, it's emeraldroombeauty.com. Emeraldroombeauty.com. Emerald. Yeah
0: that's the name of your salon mm-hmm. your salon I put that in quote <laughs> yeah, my, my,
2: my store CDA. I call it a store yeah store. it's more of a store than anything so
0: yeah yeah, that's it. Fan. yeah so when we were talking in um in in Texas uh you're uh you're getting into like the coaching or the the mm-hmm. but it's but it's different it's not like salon coaching but I'm not gonna say it's not salon coaching how is your coaching what are you doing with your coaching dude
2: yeah so um I'm actually on my second certification so I got certified last last year Last year. Gosh, time. What even is time right now? <laughs> um, in neurolinguistic pro- pro- programming, hypnosis, and timeline therapy, which are like really specific modalities. And so I went through this program. It was like a, a year-long program where I got certified as like a mindset coach. And um, it was really beautiful, really amazing. But I also was like, I don't feel fully equipped to handle um a lot of like I don't feel fully resourced to handle a lot of the, the issues that entrepreneurs in general are facing. Like what I was discovering, it's like there were like tools for change, but like A lot of business blocks, even business, not even just like life coaching, but in business coaching, a lot of the blocks, a lot of the obstacles, a lot of the resistance is rooted in some form of like trauma, limiting belief, or like kind of core wound. Like, so for instance, like getting down to like not being worthy, not feeling valued, not feeling good enough. Like those are the root and a lot of them are rooted in childhood. And I was like, so where, where can I actually go to get resource to deal with like the real issues so I can affect like real change? And so I decided to get my master coaching certification, which I'm going through this year. I'm going to be done in December, um, super intensive program. Um, I mean, literally like tons of work every week. Like, I mean, I've got, I think I've logged probably three or 400 hours of coaching. Um, and what I've learned is I've been dealing with like entrepreneurs and creatives. So actually outside the beauty industry, 99% of the people I coach right now are, I coach to authors and artists and lawyers and like people in this like completely different space. We all got the same stuff. <laughs> we all got the same issues. We've all got like it's it's all rooted in um unresolved trauma, all rooted in um beliefs that we allowed ourselves, our subconscious to um really take hold of and like we've solidified those throughout like a lifetime of saying, Oh, look, that's true because of this, that's true because of this. And so um yeah, I I'm really leaning into the coaching world now. I'm launching my coaching business um end of this year, um which I'm super excited and I'm going to focus on entrepreneurs and creatives and obviously have space for like the beauty industry professionals because that's where my heart is. Um but it's really open to to all industries because we're all really sitting in a lot of the a lot of the same stuff. <laughs> all,
1: all, all the same swamp there, right? Yes, exactly. I mean, I we're know, we're what? all stewing together.
2: And say, I call it, I call it the soup. I'm like, we're all boiling in the soup. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
0: When you're going through um, these trainings and stuff, like how is it possible to disconnect yourself from it? Or are you being connected to it? Meaning you're looking at your own soup and your own child. You You
2: have to, if you want to show up as a good coach, like that is for me. And like, I see without being like critical or judgmental, the fact is there are a lot of coaches out there that have never done their own healing. And like, it's very evident in the advice that they give. And like, things are black and white or dogmatic or whatever. Like that is like a coping mechanism to like look important versus like in coach, getting in the coaching space. Like when something's like fluid and curious and like developed in discovery, it's got a very different energy. And like, you have to look at yourself to be able to hold that kind of space for someone else. Like, and so my own healing like has been, absolutely like a pivotal decision to actually show up in the coaching world so like i mean i've gone into like really deep trauma work and like it's literally like directly proportionate to the space i can hold for someone else is the space i'm willing to create for my space myself first so you are forced to well you i shouldn't say you're forced you should look at your own stuff as you're going through it so like through basically every module i mean we've gone through things like um sexuality and shame and boundaries and joy and guilt and like like whole like intensive modules on like these emotions dealing with trauma dealing with emotion uh like deep emotions um all of our exercises on the other end are much more self-reflective than even like looking at it from like a technical standpoint because like throughout the program they know like if you look at your own stuff you're able to hold space for other people's so yeah it's absolutely in my opinion absolutely necessary yeah
1: you say that's the end of this year Mm
2: mm-hmm yep
0: i know know. that's pretty exciting
2: yeah that's actually what i'm going to in austin they're doing um like a graduation like kind of retreat so it'll be like i think it's december 9th so i'll graduate before that and then like that will be like the send-off like we're done (laughs) yeah (laughs) congratulations thank you Thank congrats i
0: know that that takes you were saying like the work that it takes but it it also takes work right it takes work yeah it takes work
2: yeah Mm -hmm. and you you like in order to get the benefit. And I can tell like so much, like when I started the program, I was super rigid about my coaching. I'm like, I don't know what question to ask. Where should I go? What should I do? And like, as you do the healing work, like your egos and your identity starts to decrease. And like, you show up as like a a neutral, clean space for someone without like investment of an outcome. And that's what I think for me that I found to be the most important. You don't have to be the hero in someone else's story to be able to hold space for them. And that's where I see a lot in the coaching world. And again, not to be disparaging, but it, it is a fact there are a lot of coaches that want to be the hero. Like their ego is like in that front and center space of saying, I know what to do. I'm going to tell you what to do and you need to do it the way that I want you to do it. And to me, I feel like that actually like diminishes like the exponential impact that like really great coaching can have. And so it's really only been probably the last four months. I felt like I stepped in this like super confident space where I'm like, I can handle anything with anyone because like I'm not invested in any one specific outcome.
0: Like it's all possible. I I gotta tell you, I can't believe you said that because that's literally the journey that I'm on right now. Mm-hmm, it's like mm-hmm, not connected to outcome, you know. Like like, and ironically, tomorrow's election day, and like me going into election day this year has been totally different than it has in the past because I'm I'm not connected to the outcome of it. You know, I'll do my duty. You know, I'll do what I think is right for the country. But as far as like a winner and loser in it, mm-hmm. I don't I don't have that connection anymore. And and not just with like something that big, but even even the small stuff. Like I'm really mm-hmm. trying to work on like. Like, I, I, not, again, there's no better words than that, not being connected to the outcome of whatever. Now, it sucks as a sports fan because yeah. I've kind of got to the point to where I'm like, nah, like, but it's actually interesting, too, because I can watch, like, a football game or a basketball game or, or whatever, and I can just watch it as a fan and I don't. I can't. Have, well, you know.
2: <laughs> I was watching the Chiefs last night. Like, they're going to win. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, it's going to happen.
0: All right. well, they did, so. yeah well, they, they did it was good listen in december come see me and we'll uh, we'll have this conversation okay being <laughs> to the yeah, yeah. but 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 yeah i mean that's, that's will
1: coach you <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah
0: exactly. really. that's what i'm saying yeah. <laughs> um no but that's that's i mean you can still enjoy it you know you just not yeah. Yeah, whatever you know just let it go well there is such a power though in detachment because like
2: the biggest thing and this is actually like a
0: that out of context is the weirdest <laughs> yeah <sentence ever.
2: laughs> It was power and detachment. Well, like, I mean, think about like the need for control and how it affects so many people's lives and relationships. Like that is, that is always rooted in like trauma and core wound. Like if you look at something that threatens your safety, your control, or like approval and community, those three, almost every trauma could be rooted back into like a need for that. Like I, you know, I have this attachment to the outcome because I have a need for control that makes me feel safe. I have to have that. And so when you start like, can I back you up a little bit? What were the three things I want to write them down? It was uh safety or security control and approval. Like, so for instance, like if you're a baby and you don't have your family's approval, like, you know, if they, they don't accept you or whatever, like that can mean your life as a baby. If you're, you know, a young person and you know, something happens out of your control that threatens your safety, like all those things, like a lot of core wounds are rooted in like those three needs, basic needs as a child. Um, and we're wired biologically to like need those things. And so um, attachment and like, like the things that our, our ego creates and our identity creates and all those things, like being really attached to a specific outcome is usually rooted in some form of trauma. So being able to like slowly be detached from things means that you start healing that relationship with control. You start healing that relationship with your trauma. And like that element of surrender actually allows for bigger and more abundant things to come in your life so like if you look at principles of like manifestation and things um the need to control the outcome or the how or actually what limits the opportunity of like what can actually be brought into your life and it's the release it's the release and the surrender that actually allows for like true abundance and exponential outcome
0: sounds like a bunch of small talks
1: <laughs> so we
0: do like, we, Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, we do we do this. Uh we're trying to get back into it. It's just been really hard um with scheduling everything. But um uh pre uh 2020, we 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 did this uh Thursday night thing, Thursday uh podcast release called Small Talk and what it mm-hmm. was we would we would take like it would it would be like a 20 to 30 minute conversation. It's like we don't say who Cassandra is, we don't introduce I mean we introduce her like you know, Cassandra um, McLaughlin, but tell us about X, you know, it's not all the, mm-hmm. and, and then we just, we, we dive deep into X. And if we get 20, and, and honestly, that's like 15 to 30 minutes of like really awesome content. It always goes over for each of minutes. these can be an X. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like, that sounds
2: like fun to me. <laughs>
0: yeah. So let's, let's do this Cassandra let's, and if you're listening in, put pressure on us to keep, to, to keep us honest. Once you're fully graduated and stuff, maybe like first of the year stuff, <gasps> What if we did it and we packaged it like, um, like a New Year's resolution type stuff? Oh uh, yeah, conversations yeah. or resolution conversations or, or
2: manifestation. Stuff.
0: Yeah. Ooh, I like. Yeah. It. All right, cool. Yeah. We're gonna do that. We're gonna do that. So if you're listening and put pressure on us, if if you want to hear it, make uh, us do it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, totally make us do it. But yeah, then you're graduated and then you're like yeah. official and all that kind of stuff. And then it'll you can launch. You know, you'll be launching your business and yeah, maybe we could uh we could we could save some lives there. Yeah, but I love that. Mm-hmm. That's, that's so cool, man. I,
2: so,
1: like, go ahead. Yeah, no, go ahead. I was go Yeah. No, I was gonna say so so can give us all your handles. Yeah. How our listeners can follow you and, and keep in contact with you and uh just yeah know more about you.
2: Yeah. So um I'm basically Cassandra Platinum everywhere. So Instagram, that's a lot of hair content. Um, I am incorporating more coaching and trauma healing into that. Um my website is Cassandra Platinum.com. I have a wait list sign up for the coaching programs that I'm launching, so you can go there, get signed up, and stay informed um you can email, email me at cassandra at cassandra com. uh you can find me on facebook at cassandra platinum or cassandra platinum um so yeah that's basically my handle everywhere so and then uh i mean my name is cassandra mclaughlin but it's cassandra platinum everywhere. basically
0: yeah when you're a hairdresser i know i was <laughs> like
2: should i just legally change my name because like i had this thing once so like a premiere where i looked at the magazine and like they had my last name as platinum everywhere it was like cassandra at space platinum <laughs> And I was like, all right, we'll just go with it.
0: Just so, go with it. Yeah, yeah. It works. You know, people know that, that that's how they know. When, when we were at Hair Love, was it Chelsea? Somebody like introduced, somebody said like, but you're a brunette. How can you be platinum? Yeah, it? it was Missy. That's what I asked. Yeah, uh, it was Missy. Yeah, that's right. It was Missy. Yeah. yeah,
2: yeah. yeah. She's we're, like, you're no longer platinum. I'm like, it was the name of my salon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But not my hair. So I was platinum at the time, though, when I named the salon, <laughs> So yeah.
0: She took yeah. it down. Yeah, that's awesome. Cassandra thank you so much for hanging out with us and oh, like giving us like that th- th- that bomb knowledge and like uh I definitely want to do some small talks on it so if you're yeah. down we're down and we can chat it up and uh, we can also promote what you're up to yeah days you know Cassandra if it's not platinum what would it be Cassandra coach Cassandra. <laughs> coach <laughs> Cassandra. Coach yeah. I don't
2: know I gotta think about that <laughs> one yeah. I'm always bad at like names and titles and stuff like that like it's like, what do you want to name this one? I'm like, I have no idea. It's like pure panic mode for me. Right. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I think yeah.
2: you go with something about outcome. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's a good idea.
0: You know. Yeah. Uh,
2: yeah we'll we'll brainstorm. Maybe I'll shoot you some ideas. You shoot me some ideas. <laughs> yeah.
0: Uh, yeah. Like yeah, that'll be a one way conversation. You'll be like, oh, these ideas. I'm like, I'm an idiot, dude. You yeah. <laughs> <got> <laughs> the wrong guy. <laughs> Help me. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Okay. Cassandra, thanks for hanging out with us. And uh thank you for joining us on your day off.